Attention. Attention. This is not a self-help podcast. So I skipped a week on the podcast because this is my signature move now, being inconsistent on the show. I feel like everyone's signature move is just being inconsistent because we all are suffering from quarantine fatigue, lockdown fatigue, and no one knows what to talk about. No one knows what to do. No one's inspired with work. I hear this from so many people, but I love having a but when I like start with such a sad intro. I have Rachel Hargrove from Below Deck. In case you didn't know, she is the chef. I think you're the only chef who's been described as the best chef that's ever been that's ever been seen on the show by captain um captain lee yeah he he mentioned that (laughs) (laughs) sorry that was a long intro but (laughs) kind of put kind of put you on the spot but (laughs) hi everybody (laughs) hi yeah i'm the best chef (laughs) <laughs> I, I that's I'm still in shock about that one. Like when he said I was the best chef that he's ever had in 35 years, I was like, "What have you been smoking?" <laughs> Just from watching the show, I feel like you're the only chef who is not besides like one instance, but whatever, we'll get into that. Your your problem is never someone else's problem. So like we never we never have to deal with like Ugh, I I don't have any of this or uh, you don't make it the whole boat's problem. Whenever there's an issue, it's your issue and you deal with it and you always come out on top. Thank you. Yeah. It's not their problem when I don't have the proper caviar. And I wasn't even mean to the provisioner either. I was just like, Hey, can we fix this like now? (laughs) Yeah. I noticed that. Whereas, you know, with other chefs, I realize whenever there's something that goes wrong, it becomes everyone else's problem. And then they really make a point to like really show that issue on camera. And with you, all we see is just solution after solution after solution and like epic meal after epic meal after epic meal. (laughs) And, you you know, people don't necessarily realize I've recently realized because I've tried to cook during lockdown that every meal is basically a tetris slash equation of prep and timing and just so many pieces of a puzzle that needs to come together and i fail at doing so every single time even though i cook for one maximum two people and so i kind of want you to you know explain to people like how do you cope with so much pressure and how are you just always you've never complained about a plate being too cold or no one's ever complained about a meal being too cold like how are you always so immaculate with your timing and your planning oh thank you um yeah for me it's just i it's almost i have a kiss system it's called keep it simple stupid so if i can just keep it that way Like in my head, I go from back to front. So I will do dessert to canapé. Right. So everything works that way. So because especially with proteins, most proteins, you can, you can pause and hold them. You can cook them to a certain temperature and, and stall them and finish the, stall the finishing process. So that always works. So if you kind of go from there, cause you can always freeze most desserts. A lot of stuff you can like keep and prep and make sure that it's already put aside. What's great about the show and also horrible about the show at the same time is we get provisions at nine o'clock in the morning and we get the guests at 12. So that's what we're looking at. Then we're off the dock and then we're on our way to a beautiful anchorage and then we're straight into lunch service. Right. So it the makes it quite time. hard to prep. 
Exactly. So you've just got to constantly keep thinking when you do your menu planning, like exactly how you're going to do it, when you're going to do it, or you're going to wait for the next day to do that theme or whatever, because you just need that extra bit of time. My favorite is though, is when they have like the picnics, the barbecues on the beach, then go straight into canapes and then the tea fours and then tea time. And then like, Hey, guess what guys, let's have a 10 course tasting menu. And I'm like, yeah, you can eat my cooter. (laughs) That's on the menu. That's on the menu tonight. (laughs) So, but it's, it's, I actually do like the challenge of it. Yeah. No, there was a, there was a pushing point was when I thought we were going to get another Charlie because I was like, I can't take this anymore. Like you've already done it once. Like, and that was the most epic breaking the camel's back like I've ever gone through in my whole career on boats. So yes. I was like, nah, I'm good. There's so much more going on right now. There's so many things that are so more impertinent yes. in this reality show that's going on. And there's actual reality that's going on behind the scenes. So it's yeah. like, I got absolutely over it because it was like, you can push me. I really do love being challenged because yeah. you can see that with Brian, the realtor, like mm-hmm. the nightmare charter that caused me to quit. Yep. And like, we'll get into it. It was amazing. And, you know, but it, it really is all about the timing. So you start your way from the behind, like the, yes. the dessert prep, and then work your way forward and understanding your time constraints, especially because Sometimes we're looking at maybe three hours before a meal time while we're doing 10 course tasting. Because yeah, you're right. The dessert can be frozen a lot of the times or it can be just yeah. sat there. And like the the main is what needs to be warm. And then obviously when it's canapes and starters and things, those most of the time are like cold, I guess. Not always, yeah. but it's like yeah. a smaller meal. Mm, I'm going to tell yeah. my friend that I might cook for them. I don't know. I'll ask you for more tips. Speaking of tips, before we get into all, you know, the show, the questions, the cooking, the meltdowns, the drama, because I do love me a little bit of drama. It's what keeps me going during lockdown. Um, I do this segment on the show called Tip of the Week. So whether it's like an item, an app, coming from you, I would expect it to be like a cooking tool or something easy to make something, but anything that drastically improves your day-to-day life. I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. Oh, it's going to be horrible. I feel like Oprah. I buy one for everybody. This is how much I love this thing. I swear to God, it's the Instapot. Are you joking? I've been using the Instapot. Right? Is it not the most amazing thing ever? You can make your own freaking yogurt in that damn thing. Uh, Can you? Are you joking? Yes. No, I am dead serious. Okay, I mean, so- there's online apps. There's online apps to use your Instapot that will tell you all the timing. It even breaks it down to your shopping list and everything. It's amazing. That's why I give it to all my family members and friends because I'm like, check this out. I know you guys are busy. You want to make a fail safe. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but I posted um, the nacho nacho regular nacho recipe with like the pulled pork shoulder everything inside of it to build your own nachos I didn't see it but amazing okay yeah I gave the recipe for it I'll send you the link um it was on Twitter Instagram everywhere and I had like a challenge of who could actually do the nachos and I gave them a step-by-step with the salsa verde like everything the cotija cheese the types of chips that you need to do how you make them not soggy how you bake them and everything and layer it right I went into that but let me tell you what that pork was brought to you by the Instapot. <laughs> I am. Th- but but so do people, do chefs get shamed for using an Instapot, for example? Or is it just like an added tool that you can use that makes your life easier and it's kind of like accepted within the chef community? 
as a private chef and a yacht chef with like, you know, limited workspace, limited holding temperature space. Yes. You know, I mean, we've got great, like I, I'm lucky on my Sienna, I've got the dual combi steam ovens, you know, right. the rationales. They're great. They're fantastic. Not everybody at home has those. Right. You know? They're great. You can regenerate food. You can even sous vide inside of them because of the steam, as long as you regulate the steam in a way that it's actually being injected yes. into the chamber. Right. No one needs to know. Like most people don't even know that. Like they're all like, wow, my oven, that's fancy. So I'm telling you, the Instapot is the way to go. I have, I have no shame in my game. I'm I obsessed with game. this because you know what? If a chef recommends the Instapot and I use it, that makes me feel a little step closer to being a chef. So I'll take that. I will say when I was in America, yeah. I had the Instapot. And now that I'm in London, I have the Kukio, the Moulinex. Yeah. I don't know if you know yeah. what that one is. Yeah, you know, the Moulinex. The Moulinex, yeah. So I feel like it's kind of the same. I feel yeah. like the Moulinex one is a little bit more advanced. Um, it's a little bit more like modern, fancy, schmancy type of thing. But they both work great. And I've made my best meals, which, you know, probably not so good still, but like my best meals have come out of that, that thing. Like, no, I promise you, I'm like a Jewish girl. I'm supposed to be like a Jewish housewife and I can't fucking do a scrambled egg, which we need to get into this because I failed so many scrambled eggs and I can cook other stuff. And I'm like legit wondering why I'm failing at the scrambled eggs. Okay. Let's (laughs) talk about the breakdown of an egg. You've got albumin, which is the protein inside the egg. Now, are you using extremely fresh eggs? or organic you, eggs. Okay, organic. Um, if they have a born-on date on them, find out when that they were actually brought to the market. Um, right. A lot of the times, what ends up happening is when you have these commercial eggs that are for distribution into supermarkets, like, say, you know, um, Oh God! Oh, I'm having like such a brain fart. You guys have where? Where in the U.S. The we grocery have grocery store. I'm trying to think of like the grocery we have, store. We have oh, Morrison's. We ha- Morrison's. Like we yeah. have Sprouts. I mean, Sprouts probably oh, you fresh. Have sprouts. Well, no, in the U.K. we have Marks and Spencers. We have mm-hmm. Waitrose, Tesco. Waitrose is Waitrose. I think is actually the best for certain produce and things like that too. Yes. I've always I've always liked Waitrose. Yeah, Marks and Spencers is fun for the nice little like like tchotchke, like the. The really, you know, the nice biscuits and things like that. Yes, but, and great you know, snacks. the sauces or dicks, spotted dick pudding. <laughs> no, I know. I used to live in Southfield. Really? Okay. Yeah. So you know, you know every. I feel like yeah, oh, I could talk about this for ages. But yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah. So we'll talk about the eggs and the freshness of the eggs. So that's key because what ends up happening too sometimes when they're mass produced like that to be yeah. in these grocery stores, they're over pasteurized for shelf life, which right. actually breaks down the consistency and the integrity of the protein itself. So if you're adding too much liquid to it, you're not getting the proper like like it's 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 like a like a form of leavening. You know, it causes right. it to become, you know, um, very, mine was fluffy. hard. Okay. Then there's too much protein in it and it's not enough proper liquid. Uh, you can also too, if you get really fresh eggs, you don't need to use that much, say milk. Don't ever use heavy cream. Heavy cream is the worst thing that you can do because you're adding weight to it and you're adding more protein to protein, which is making it more dense. What you need to do is that add is the mistake I made. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Because, you know, I was like, started seeing this new guy and, you know, he's like, oh, you can't cook. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I can cook. (laughs) He's like, can you make a scrambled egg? And I was like, yes, I can. And then literally the scrambled eggs inedible, like could not eat the eggs. Like I I think too hard. 
so hard, disgusting, weird color. Like I felt like he just ate them to to not make me feel so bad because I was so yeah. sure of like my just ability to do anything in the kitchen, which is like close to none. And it was just, this is the best tip you've ever given me. Okay. Can't use thick milk. I actually used the p- complete wrong type of milk to yeah, make them regular whole. Um, and it's just fine because it has, it's because what it is, it has to do with the liquid itself. It causes a steaming effect and it actually makes it super fluffy when you whisk them too. So yes. whisk them. And then what you're going to do is people always want to cook their eggs so fast in such a hot, high heat pan, which gets that weird, scrapey, weird, like texture and this film on it. Yeah. You don't need to do it. Spray your pan down or brush your pan or put a little bit of butter inside of it or have the spray olive oil or like the nonstick inside or a really nice nonstick pan, stand pan, all clad, um, wherever. Um, And you don't want to put them in too big of a pan or too small of a pan. Lay it out. Make sure it's kind of like a medium heat. And then you're going to go ahead and do like a zigzag motion, like a serpentine motion and then around and then a serpentine motion again. And you're just going to slowly like fold them and then like let them fluff up. And then remember, they still keep cooking when you put them on the plate, but you want them too runny because what they end up doing is they steam out and it gets that weird liquid all over the plate. So just you watch them. You'll know when they start to harden, they keep cooking. So you take it off the heat. You'll still have residual heat inside the pan. And then just go ahead and like lightly fluff them up a little bit with a nice, good, thin spatula. Mm-hmm. Like and just kind of slowly scrape them and yeah. then just put them on the plate. We all need a fucking Rachel in our lives. Let me tell you, like I can't, you can't understand the the anxiety attacks I have had out of this stupid scrambled egg. Can't make a scrambled egg. You've, this was the calmest, most loveliest explanation. Like you've actually made me want to try and go make a scrambled egg now. I personally have my little tip of the week. I always give a tip of the week for my listeners. My tip of the week is we are in lockdown. I don't know if you're like properly working in lockdown or if you're just, um, at home doing your own thing in London we can't leave the house and what that means is you know in London it's always gray so there's not that much contrast between morning evening it's kind of hard for me to fall asleep so I found these um on Amazon actually they're light bulbs that have like kind of an orangey sunset-y tint to them they're called the good sleep light bulb so you put them in your bedside lamps on your bedside lamps whatever And they really set the mood and the vibe and the tone for like a very just cozy, tranquilizing, calm night. And then they just make you fall asleep rather than having all these like super bright blue lights all around you. And they've actually really helped me sleep. So I recommend them to everyone, especially if you're in lockdown wanting to shoot yourself in your apartment. They'll really, really help. You can also amp it up with a little oil diffuser. You can also, you know, I have a little sound machine. I do all the things. I'm so fucking annoying. Let me tell you, it's like a proper thing. You know, the way that you are like with your cooking and you're like, oh, I get so excited about this tool and this tip. Like yeah. I get that way with my self-care stuff. It's really fucking annoying. Everyone should have an interest and never ever like waffle on and be like, I am so, you know, I'm so sorry. No, yeah. own it. Be no, like, no. you know what? 
I like my self-care. And if you don't like it, you can eat my cooter. A hundred percent. Let me tell you, this is what I'm telling everyone. Like I'm currently talking to you with like a in my face, like the sad lamp, you know, the one that like, because in London, there's no sunlight. So I'm giving yeah. myself just the vitamin D. Do you have these little things? Because obviously for me, the tip of the weeks and the self-care, that's not my job. That's like fun. Do you have anything like yeah. nerdy or like quirky that you kind of like that's just like weird and fun? Oh God, don't even get me started on nerdy and quirky. I've got a little little Bible. Okay. My Bible is called the World Atlas of Wine. Okay. Edition. This little guy right here, I've literally worked my way through it over You've the years. You've read the whole thing. Oh yeah. I studied as a psalm. And so like I I love learning about regions and wine and culture. Yeah. So especially like when I find out we're going to go like down to the Caribbean and we're going to a new island or something like that, I try to find out what's indigenous so I can do the cuisine, make sure it's authentic. So I get really yeah. into that. I'm very big into travel. I love yeah. learning languages. I am a super nerd. Like, and I, I love learning about cooking, even in the facets of nutrition. So I started yes. um, Ayurvedic nutrition. So that's actually what I do when I'm on lockdown. I have a lot of people that are like clients and then I go through yeah. and they give me their blood work. And I work with them, especially if they're going to do gastric bypass or whatever like that. And I put them on um, a detox and then help them lose weight naturally and healthy yeah. by not just diet, but like a type of exercise that's conducive to their capability. Yeah. Because so many people like look at these Instagram models doing yoga and they're just like, I can't do that. I can't do the crow. I mean, like, come on, you know, and I'm like, no, not everybody can but getting your synovial fluid and your lymphatic drainage going and your hypothalamus and thyroid going, that's, that's the beginning. That's just the beginning. And so yeah. I get really into that. So that's what I do at home. That's amazing because you can cook a perfect, amazing meal, but you can also, you know, help people with their health, which is amazing because, you know, a lot of chefs can like make it taste nice, but it's not necessarily good for you. You can do it all. How annoying is that? How annoying that you are so skilled. You are so skilled that you can be the perfect chef and a nutritionist and a sommelier, like annoying, like cool, but annoying. Well, I, well a lot of people too, they forget how old I am. So how old are you? Are you, are you willing to share? No, I don't mind at all. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to be turning 40. What do you do? Tell me your secret. You just look so young. Thank you. It's Ayurveda. Telling you, it's so amazing. Okay, so I have this natural bristle brush and I massage my face. I don't use soap on my face, believe it or not. Um, okay. I exfoliate with a natural like um, gourd sponge right. on my face. And then I massage coconut oil onto my face when I'm fresh out of the shower and I never dry my face or my neck. You yeah. know, I thought of myself as a skincare connoisseur, but I'm looking at you. I can tell that you don't really get shit done at all and that it's all natural. Thank you. I, it's so funny too because I, I was like looking at myself putting the makeup on and I was just kind of going, is it time yet? Is it no, time yet? It, it ain't time. It ain't time for you, my friend. I'm telling you, annoyingly, so whereas I'm like you know about to turn 32 32 I can't believe you're like you don't even look that old like you look like you're maybe like 29 you Are really you do no, you look so young. No, but you know, I, I think, I think it's just the lack of makeup and the lockdown. I don't know what it is, honestly. But um, I do look a bit older when I'm like wearing more heavier makeup. That's the thing, and also I act super young, which is a problem. But um, so you know, that's amazing. Thanks. We've spoken about you being like you know the perfect chef, the perfect nutritionist. Like you have, I'm a fan. Definitely. 
Captain Lee, what is yeah, he, he just, saying? He just, he just called me. I'm going to message him and tell him I'm in a podcast with you. Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed with Captain Lee, by the way. Obsessed. He's I think amazing, he's isn't he? The best captain I've ever seen on any of the Below Deck franchises. Like he's by far my favorite captain. The way that he kicked out these guests and was like, get the fuck out of my boat. Like amazing. Here. Hold on, hold on, ready? I'll answer. Hey, Captain Lee. Hey, Captain. Um, I'm in the middle of a podcast and um, she's freaking out right now because I'm on the phone with you. But do you mind if I call you back in just a little bit? But I'm sure she's going to want to say hi. <laughs> uh, yeah, whenever you get a second. Okay. Um, just mess. Hi, yeah, Captain whenever- Lee. <laughs> she's screaming. She's like, hi, Captain Lee. <laughs> All righty. Um, I'll, I'll message you as soon as I finish up. And then whenever you're at your convenience, you just give me a shout back and then I'll answer for you. Okay. All right. Enjoy your haircut and your fitting. I'll talk to you later. (laughs) He is so sweet. He is the perfect man. He is manly. He is nice. He is just, are you dating him? But no. No, I know. I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love Captain Lee. He's awesome. He's like, he's like my favorite. Um, I, I had a captain that I worked with like forever. I mean, it's been 10 years since I've worked for this one captain. I've been friends with him ever since. Yeah. And, um, he was the one that saw potential in me to become a, a, a chef chef. You know, I was on a 62 yes. meter. I was just the crew chef. And then he was just like, nah, I'm going to give you the opportunity to move from there and go on. Wow. And so he was the one that lifted me up. And he was also the one that kicked me out of a nest and told me to go work in Italy at a Michelin restaurant too. So. Wow. He is pissed because Captain Lee is like my favorite captain. He is like so mad because he's just like, when did I get vetoed? And when did he come in? You've only known him for a little bit. That's bullshit. But there's just something about Captain Lee. And it's not because he's on the show. And it's not. It's just you can tell that he is just the loveliest man with all the just purest intentions. Mm -hmm. And there's just this like hard shell that he's got. But it's only there because he's just you can tell he's just a sweet teddy bear inside. And it just makes me want to like be his daughter. But anyway, um. We've spoken about you just being this like prodigy chef a chef and all those things because I'm genuinely a fan. Like I personally watch Below Deck because I'm so interested in the cooking. I'm more interested in the cooking than like the water sports and random people hooking up. I think it's kind of boring because there's no relationship that's really going to come out of any of these hookups. Do you know what I mean? And also yeah. I kind of watch for like the dumb guests sometimes because they can be like really fucking annoying. Um, <laughs> They're hilarious. <laughs> I'm horrible as well. I want to talk about about you know your little time where you quit because a lot of people were talking about this and I I was so confused I I know everyone's (laughs) going to ask you the question obviously like I have to be basic but I was so surprised because as I said to you there's no challenge that you don't see as like I can do this and I just I, I know there's something more behind the scenes that happened that just made you break. It couldn't have just been you had a demanding guest because you you come up with the solutions. Like, this is what you do. I knew about the severity of COVID pretty much before a lot of other people could wrap their mind around it because I had that very close tie in Europe. You know, I lived, um, I lived in Europe before I got on the plane to come and do the season. You know, so for me, like knowing that, and then my boyfriend was Italian, well, my boyfriend was, the boyfriend was Italian and, um, (laughs) (laughs) whoops. Um, and we, 
we had friends and family of friends and friends with, I mean, family with friends, you know, that had been affected significantly by it, um, not just being ill and hospitalized, but also deaths as well. Yes. Sorry. So it became, it became very apparent that this is something that's really happening and it is going to strike all of Europe. And we didn't realize that it was creeping its way over to our side where we were filming and, and to the U S we, we, we didn't quite understand the, the, the significance of it, um, and the severity, but I did know that it was affecting Europe and people that we knew and cared about. So that for me was just, that was enough. Um, and with, with the boyfriend dealing with it and him trying to get back to his family and see his family and then literally making the very last flight out of Rome to Mancino before they completely shut down the whole airport into Nice. Like I was losing it. That was the day I froze my phone because I was freaking out. But yeah. then, but me quitting was, I also had spoken to him again a second time uh, before the, the meeting. Yeah. And for me, when they presented those sheets to the, the capacity that they were filled out in, I was like, I'm not doing another one of these. I've got something way more important to do. And yeah. the audacity of that being presented right now during this situation that's happening because I had said something. I was like, Hey, you know, this is going on. This isn't, this isn't just a flu. This isn't, this isn't something that's, you know, this is severe. This isn't like just pneumonia. This is something that's horrible. It's killing people, especially with the culture in Italy. A lot of people are very elderly. Like you've got 80, 90 year olds that go to the market every single day. They're the cutest little things in the world. You're just like, Oh, look at them. But they're mean as hell. They'll hit you with a card though. If you don't live. Yeah. Yeah. The Italian (laughs) mamas, they're savage. Yeah. So straight up savage. They'll rip your face off. Um, I'm Italian. I would know. My mom's Italian. <laughs> exactly. So they'll cook we, for you, but they'll literally ruin you. Okay, yeah, carry on. They do. They do. Trust me. Um, so uh, you know, there was a lot of that that was definitely playing a part in in everything. Yeah. So I was really pissed, and I was like, the audacity of like production of these guests to give us another Charlie. I was like, I don't want to do this for the rest of the season. Yeah. You know what? It, it, it was just, it was insulting. It pissed me off. Yep. I was very upset with the fact that like, you know, for me, it was like, I'm going home. Like yep. I want to go home. I, and because my, you know, my boyfriend was just like, they're going to shut down France. They're going to shut down all the airports. You're not going to yep. be able to get home. Yep. And then my mom was freaking out. And my mom was just like going, she's like, no, Rachel. She's like, you're not going back to your, you're coming back to Florida. She's like, people are dying over there. Why would you go over there? Yeah. And I'm like, because of my boyfriend. So. But yeah. that was, that was, that was, that was the catalyst because yes. that was it right then and there. And a lot of people were like, he cussed out Lee, he cussed out everybody at the table. I wish I, you know, I wish that they actually could see what was there, what was happening. Um, if you listen to the, the actual clip where I'm, you know, quote unquote, telling Lee to go fuck himself, that's actually not said. You can hear, if you listen to it all the way through and you listen to the scene, it's not you. I love you. You'll hear me say that. So it's, you know, and then when I say eat my cooter, that's me pointing into the camera with vehemency to the other people that were at the end of the camera. The camera guy is really sweet, but he's about to get throat punched because they right. opened the door to come in while I was packing. Cause I was like, I'm not staying for this. This is yeah. retarded. 
I think there's a context of COVID and there's this entitled annoying as fuck guest that is like, I want this and I want that. And you're like, well, most people can't even get half of what you're asking, like one eighth of what you're asking for. And you're just like demanding these things. And it just comes across very insensitive, especially if you're personally involved, your loved ones are involved with the terrible things that, that are going on with COVID. And it's triggering. It's triggering. I understand, oh. but I knew there was something. It couldn't have just been like someone making requests and you being like, fuck you. Yeah, no, it was, it was so much more that day. And like yeah. everyone just kept trying to say like all of this stuff, they're coming up out of, out of woodwork with ideas. And, yeah. and I'm just kind of going, look at the timeline. Like yes. understand what's happening. Like there's a lot yes. that's going on. I mean, even, even the actual film crew themselves and production crew, they were getting worried. My, my HMU, Lauren, she's amazing. She does hair and makeup. She's fabulous. She's such a wonderful person. She was pregnant and she yes. was like, I'm not even dealing with this. I'm going back home. Yes. So she quit and left as well. She left the, the, the cat, not the cast, but the crew, um, and of HMU. So she was gone. She was just like, I have a baby that's inside me. I can't take the risk of flying or catching any of this. I need to go home right. and protect my family and right. my child. So I was like, I completely agree with her. I absolutely. So you, you guys know. do get glam on Below Deck. When we do our interviews, you know, the ones, I call them the, the, the bobbleheads, you yes. know, where they, where they have the green screen. Yeah. Um, yeah, they do our makeup. Yeah. Which is fun because I love doing that. Because I get really excited when you were like, let's do a podcast. I was like, oh my God, I like, totally put my fake eyelashes on. <laughs> you look like you've had it professionally done. You look amazing. And also for those who can't see, she's died. Sorry, I transfer from like COVID and sad things to hair and makeup, but I tend to do those things. Um, okay. She dyed her hair like red and it looks fucking epic. And I don't know, it's it's really cool. And your brows look really good too. Um, yeah. So I kind of wanted to ask you about this because, you know, um, were you guys on the boat, you're kind of removed from real life and the real world a little bit. Did you guys realize how, did, did all the crew realize how bad it was? Cause I can imagine being on a boat and being kind of secluded from society for a while. You probably don't really understand how serious it is. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it, like there's a lot of things that, you know, that you don't, I mean, in not just the show itself, like yeah. in, in reality on a yacht during a season, there has been things that have happened that I'm kind of going, Oh, I didn't even know that happened. You know right. what I mean? Like I was just like, Oh wow, that's some serious stuff. Cause you don't have TV, you don't have cable. You're not on your phone all day looking at the news. Like I'm sure you guys were kind of aware of what, what you were aware because you, you know, you had someone that was directly affected, but yeah the rest of the crew is probably a little bit clueless. You know, there's a little clip where I think Captain Lee says, we're taking all the necessary precautions. What precautions that you actually take on the boat? Because, you know, you have these guests coming in and out and it's COVID essentially. Um, What could we not see on camera that you guys are doing to make sure that everyone was like staying safe? I don't think it was done until the very end. Really? Quite frankly, I don't think anybody really wrapped their head around it. Like, and yeah, I said, I've said this from the get go. Like, I've said, you know, whether production gets mad at me or not, I don't care. But yeah, no one really heeded it. Like, and because also it's unfathomable. Yeah, it's unfathomable. Just like even like when I, I'm in Europe and somebody said people stormed the capital, I was like, shut up. No, they did not. Like, I I was like so. It behooves me. But that yeah. was the same thing. And I understand I'm not mad at anybody about it. I'm not pissed at like production or, or other cast or crew or anything like that. I understand that because it's something that 
is just so far out there that like you think in your lifetime that you are going to see something like this. You're going to see a Spanish flu. You're going to see something like this in your lifetime. Yeah. Not only just our advancements in technology alone and how far we've come with biometrics and all of that. Yeah. Just, just even now this, it's like, and then like politically what's going on in the world. And like, it's just, and then economically and even monetarily, like, like yeah. going into cryptocurrency, you yeah. know what I mean? Like just it's, all of this is all happening in our lifetime. So yeah. not to understand the impertinence of taking precaution for COVID, yeah. it's understandable because it's on, it's you just, you're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> no, totally. I, and, and by the way, when I'm asking this purely out of curiosity, surprisingly so, I'm not criticizing, but more the fact that like, when you first get news like this, the first reaction is, I don't believe it. It's a myth. It's a, you know, but no one really yeah. fully can fathom believe it, you know? And so yeah. when I first heard about COVID, I was like, oh, whatever. I'll just carry a hand sanitizer and everything will be fine type of thing. That's everyone's first reaction before they're actually yeah. afraid. And when you're on a boat and you're so far removed from society for most of the time, I'm guessing it will, it would take a little bit longer for you guys to realize what was actually happening. So yeah. you guys were actually just like living normally during COVID until the very end. You don't have a lot of interaction with like so yeah yeah in, in a season in a normal charter season yeah. if you're back-to-back -back charter like how we are on the show yeah I, I actually just did a boat like that this summer that was back-to-back -back in the med I mean like we were doing like 24-hour 36-hour turn and burns I mean yes. I, I couldn't even believe it even during the COVID everyone had tests of course and we were all very you know we took our precautions yeah but um it was it was insane like you know, um, but we're, we're, we're sequestered away from everybody. And especially now also in that environment with shows, no matter what, we're still sequestered away from everybody because the fact that we might break the silence and people will figure out we're filming below deck and who the cast members are on it. And it will yeah. ruin the integrity and the surprise of the show. Yeah. So we're already, that is already quarantine. Being on a show is quarantine. It was. Oh my God. Yeah. You should have heard me when I flew into Miami. I was like, they were going to pull me aside and put me into a room with a whole bunch of people that were coughing. And I was like, are you out your damn mind? So it's like, I got like, I got tampa on them. Like that head turned into a bubble head. I was all like, Ooh, uh, uh, like I think I got whiplash there for a second. Cause I was like, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I heard that people, that obviously you guys were on like a super yacht, whatever, but people on cruise ships were like stuck on boats at some point because people yeah. got sick on the cruise ships. Did you have like anyone have like a COVID scare at any point or not really? Well, Izzy was sick, but, you know, everyone kind of realized, okay, let's quarantine her. Yeah. But that's normal. Anybody gets sick with anything on a boat. On a boat, you quarantine. Yeah. Yeah, we they either go to their own cabin or they're on shore and, and we've got somebody else coming in to replace them. Yeah. But um, did yeah, she no, have COVID? It didn't look like no, she had no, COVID. No, yeah. No, no, no. She was just sick. We, for some reason, all of us were quite run down. Um, yeah. Ash and I got sick to our stomach too at one point. You know, it was just, yeah. I don't know what it was. Um, maybe, uh, I don't know. But like we, we all got some point sick with something it was weird it was just yeah. like but it wasn't COVID we, we were we were actually very very lucky that nothing happened nothing happened to the guests um I think it was too soon in the U.S. yeah before it really had really had started to spread I think it started to spread in California first in New York where yeah. you know the main hubs and the airports are yeah and then it slowly made its way through everywhere else but 
we were lucky that we didn't have anything like that. There's something about you that's quite intriguing to me. Okay. So I'm talking to you now and you're like so calm and so zen. And I just feel like, whoa, this person is like soothing my soul. Um, (laughs) And on television, I see like all this like nerdy, like weird, like kind of things coming out that I'm like not seeing now. And I'm like, where was this coming from? Was it being tired? Was it because you were performing because you were on television? Like, where is the side to you that I'm not seeing today? Um, I'm super silly. Um, yeah, I have I have a weird sense of humor, and you know, I have the same. By the way, that's why I see? asked you on. I was like, "Where are the dirty jokes, Rachel?" That eight minute clip that you see on TV has been filmed for twelve hours. Mm. So then you see, like Rachel's like me, the snack, and I get like it's really funny. Like I've noticed, I think it's this past year and a half. Like I, my blood sugar, I've just been having to watch it. Yeah. And when it drops really low, because it's just, it's, it's the nature of the beast to being a chef. We don't really, we never sit down and eat. Like I sit yeah. out of the trash can or the sink and shove food in my face, yeah. which is a very bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get a little silly and like, I'm always a little quirky, but, um, yeah. yeah, but like I said, that eight minute clip is a 12 hour day that you're seeing like with cameras in front of your face all the time. But then. Yeah. The salsa verde. Okay, have you ever watched the refrigerator and went to go get something and you completely forget what you're getting? Like, yep. Okay, so in restaurants, we or you know when we're cooking, when we're going down to the walk-in coolers, most chefs I know, we all have done this. And if there's chefs out there listening to this podcast, they're gonna be like, "Oh, I've so done that." You sing all the way to the refrigerator. You hum in your head, and then mine was like getting the pace back up getting because we can't listen to music because they don't own the rights to it they don't want to pay for it, so we could right, right, right. listen to music i jam out my galley like i love it so yeah. guys i'm all like yo i'm like check this out this is brought to you by sasha and diggy from way back in the day <laughs> so you're this creating your own entertainment so you're having exactly. to create your own entertainment because they're not allowing you to play music and songs that you yeah. like that are you know make the work environment a little bit more yeah. um you know enjoyable that is why people drink so much more on these shows by the way it's not because they just drink more it's because the entertainment is cut down in half and you have to make up for it with the alcohol that's what i've noticed it's all it's such a bad combo too yeah it's it's exhaustion yeah it's lack of consistency of eating because like i mean there was nights when we went to dinner and we didn't eat until like almost 10 o'clock late at night it was just like i have to eat something i'm gonna die yeah so um it was funny. Like, you know, I mean, that's no excuse or whatever, but for me no. too, like I actually didn't really spend a lot of time with the crew. Like I try to get up and leave because I'm not going to lie. Like. The yeah. crew's boring as fuck. That <laughs> just made me choke. <laughs> Don't make me choke. Um, the crew's I- boring as shit i how could they cast so many basic bitches and like sorry they're lovely they're pretty they do their job well but they weren't fun it's really hard with my sense of humor too because i'm used to like everyone's saying that they're boring by the way this is like public like everyone is saying the same thing i just think that like maybe even like they, they just didn't have a lot of camera time too because rob is funny as crap rob is so funny like who's that the english guy i don't even know He's the new guy that just oh, just came on. Oh, the new guy who can't like put a sentence together. He's so funny. He's he just <laughs> he really is. I he cracked me up all the time. Like I was like he's come in and wash the dishes and like joke around and he loves to cook, so he's always okay. in there. 
Okay. So he loves the entire. Um, he's funny. Um, but he's but funny because he's dumb. Um, he's got a very dry sense. He's actually very, very smart. He's Is a he? geologist. Yeah, he's a geologist and he works for a company. Um, so why are we getting uh, like out of him on camera? What the fuck? Like, come on. <laughs> I don't know. Because well, sometimes too, like personalities translate differently from on camera. Yeah. I've, I've learned that. I've learned that. Especially like a lot of, you know, because, okay, so it's really hard too because you've got Kate's personality. You've got my personality. <laughs> Kate and I are friends. We've worked together. Yeah. Like we've known each other for years. Yeah. Like we're exactly like, I got you. I got you. You're having a bad day, bitch. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those things like, oh, you're having a great day. Yay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, and we feed off each other and it's so much fun. And like, you know, yeah. but certain dynamics and certain personalities just don't Like Miss well. Crystal. I, I'm sure that Crystal vibes doesn't, doesn't flow with you. I can't deal with the Crystal vibes. It's just not, it's not my thing. I, I know you can't, you're not going to bitch about the cast members, but I will. Um, the crystal. Treat yourself. Yeah, let me treat myself. You know what? I failed at scrambled eggs. Let me just indulge in something that is not food. Wait, wait. Uh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to cut you off really quick because I'm going to make a promise to you right now. When we're done with this cast, you and I, I'm going to give you a tutorial pro bono on how to make scrambled eggs. Thank That's you. That's it. It's on like Donkey Kong. I am obsessed with you. Thank you so much. It's been, I've been thinking about these stupid scrambled eggs for three days. Like I'm not, forget the finances, forget walking my dog who's passed out on the floor now. Like the scrambled egg is like eating up my soul and it's destroying my, it's soul destructing. But anyway, um, no you're so sweet because i feel like you're like soothing my soul but you know this the girl with the crystals and her little relationship and her little i, I just i i couldn't cu- sorry i'm being weird now but i just <laughs> I, I just cannot vibe with that kind of personality and yes i have friends who do crystals and who do those things but they do it in the most cynical way that i can kind of you know, tolerate it. But this girl can't even remember her name. I could not tolerate. And it would be fine if she wasn't so slow and so annoying at her job, but she was. And it really pissed me off watching this person. What's her name? Her name's Elizabeth. Oh yeah. But she seems nice. Oh, she's a sweetheart. She I'm really sure. is. Through and through, she really is a sweetheart. She's she just, is. She has she's the best just, intentions. She does. She's just from, she's like, she comes from a different type of boat background as well, too. So it's yeah. like, for me, and in my experience, I can notice it like straight away. And I'm like going, that and that is not going to mesh very well. That's going to no. be a shit show, no pun intended. <laughs> no, but literally, though, and like I saw it from day one when I saw her, you know, the way that she carried herself, I was like, she's not going to survive in this environment. It's a very cutthroat environment, you know, the, the work that you guys are doing. And I just could tell that she was really, really going to struggle with it. I have a question. I've, uh, um, <laughs> sorry. Give it to me. So Eddie, and I, Eddie, used to be my like you know crush like I used to be obsessed with him I thought he was like the hottest guy on the planet mostly when he was younger and now I just get like, 
And then you're like, and now? Now I just get buzzkill vibes. Buzzkill. Is he really a buzz? I I know you don't want to bitch about anyone, but is he really a buzzkill? He used to be so funny and so cute. And now I'm just like, you're like the boring dad. I don't know. I, you know, I was surprised. Um, I, I actually, him and I had a lot of fun banter. It's weird because you don't see it on the TV. It really? Was, yeah, it was weird because like we actually had like a really good banter going on, and then all of a sudden, like I don't know what happened. Well, I mean, of course, me quitting, and then he's saying that you know I have disrespect. Oh yeah, I, that pissed me off a little bit. Why didn't he tell you to your face? Yeah, but then also what really threw me for a loop was, um, you know, he's like super, super like, like he's my biff on the boat. And then, you know, he goes on other places and starts talking about me behind my back that I'm a raging alcoholic, I'm classless, um, you know, a whole bunch of different things like that, which is a, is a direct dig, but not, I mean, at least say it to my face, or are you actually that afraid of me? <laughs> yeah. Why did um, you say it to your face? Did you confront him about it? Yeah, especially when people are like throwing around alcoholism or any kind of psychological disorders or any addiction kind of issues. Yeah. If you really genuinely have a concern for that individual, you take them aside and you privately say that to them and then tell them like, I'm here to support you. And these are the avenues and routes that we can go through together to alleviate the situation because I've seen a self-destructive pattern, but yes. nothing. You, d- you don't go online and you don't gaslight people like that because yeah. what you're doing is you're actually taking significance away from somebody with a disorder or an addiction and you're making them feel like they're being shameful and that they can't go seek help because they're weak. Mm-hmm. That's That for me yeah. is a very, very big no-no yeah. because I actually have had friends that have had addiction. I've actually had friends who have passed away from addiction. I've had yes. uh, in my life. So there is a severity to it. And um, for people to go in and, 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 and slander somebody during an interview, yes, it really is at the end of the day, I don't have to say anything. I don't need to stand up for myself. Yes. I don't need to throw anybody under the bus, but there is a way to deal with certain things. And I was surprised about the way that it was carried out. That's all I have to say. Yes, it kind of adds on to the the negative stigma that goes with alcoholism and addiction. And it's a disease. Oh. Like, may, I've, I've spoken to someone about this on the podcast before, and it's not a choice. It's actually a disease. It, w- when it's communicated in a way that he did, it makes it look like it's a choice, like it's a bad choice that someone made. Yeah. And it's a lot more than that. So I, I can see how that can be extremely offensive to anyone who's actually suffering yeah. with this disease. But um, let's talk about you when you're drinking a little bit, because like, I know yeah, that yeah. Eddie was like, not very nice about it. Okay, yeah, like, I'm a mess when I'm drunk. I'm not going to say that you looked like Cinderella and her little glass slippers, but like, that's oh. the point of drinking and none of them were having fun. I, is it because they were just so not fun that you just looked like you were just a hot mess when you were drunk? Or was it because they made you look worse when you were drunk? Or is it because you were actually, you were just the only one that was having fun? Like, what was it? Uh, it's funny. It's, I'm always having fun. I'm always going to get kicked whether I'm drinking or not. I've had so many people come after me and going, you need to watch what you say. You, why do you act so outspoken? I'm all like, that's why I'm on TV and they've asked me for seven years. <laughs> so, yeah. but, uh, no, I mean, no one's pretty when they're drinking, but no. you know, at the same time too, I'm not pretty when I'm standing over the fryer either. So what's the point? I like, I just, you, are, but- you know, I just, I, I 
it is what it is. I had a blast. I loved it. I had so much fun. I didn't, I didn't physically accost anybody. I didn't destroy property. You didn't Um, insult anyone. Didn't do anything harmful to people. Um, I was in my own world and I was in a blast because, you know, once again, I have to get up to go talk to people at another table to entertain myself. (laughs) Like, I mean, you know, everyone has different ways of drinking and partying. And yeah, there's always the one that's a little bit rowdier when they're drunk and that's cool. But I just felt like we've seen way worse on the show with people and their drinking. And I just didn't... Previous seasons, males you know, being aggressive towards women and stuff like that in Below Deck. Ashton did, Ashton did get a lot of, a lot of, oh God, he got a lot of hate mail as well and and a horrible, horrible response to his behavior. I mean, I'm not condoning it at all in any way, shape or form. Yeah. But he, he, he definitely, he got, season seven, they definitely got their share. And it's my turn to get my share on season eight. Yeah, but you've not done anything wrong. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Dolores. Oh my God, I love her. She's yeah. crazy. What was that word that you kept using all the time? Extravaganza. Oh, I love extravaganza because <laughs> it's, I've been always saying that too. It's never, it wasn't for TV. When I used yeah. to come home from charter season, yeah. I would always get my Domino's pizza because I miss my Domino's pizza when I'm far away. I know it's, it's, it's a crazy brand of pizza, fast food, whatever, but everyone has their little quirks. You know what I mean? We like some do. people like fried chicken from KFC, you know? I do. Um, <laughs> exactly. I don't throw stones in a glass house because shit shatters. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I get my Domino's and then I get really excited when my Domino's guy comes and delivers me my pizza. And I'm always all like, can I get a medium size extravaganza? <laughs> I cannot. Thanks for giving me this on the podcast. That is what I wanted. I wanted extravaganza. But you know, extravaganza. <laughs> can I just tell you something about Domino's, by the way? So yeah. I don't love the pizza, but last weekend I ran after one of the Domino's delivery guy because I asked him if he had a spare spicy sauce um, yeah. that he could give me so I could have it with the, the other pizza that I had. And he was like, no, bitch. (laughs) It was kind of like I saw the delivery guy and I was like, hello, are you the Domino's delivery guy? Do you have an extra sauce for me? And and he was like, he was like, you. He was like, like, why didn't you just order it with your pizza? And I was like, well, because I didn't order the pizza. (laughs) And so he was like, well, so I had to walk to Domino's buy the sauce to have with my like a bit bougier pizza yeah it's it's a bit of a thing but anyway yeah so i i understand the the little quirks because i have them too and for me the sauce is extravaganza Uh, exactly extravaganza it's like you mix wendy's we have you know the wendy's fast food in the u.s with mcdonald's fries Yes. Okay. Oh, I mix fries all the time because Five Guys has the worst fries. They're horrible. Um, They're soggy and flaccid, and nobody likes flaccid things like that. <laughs> no, can't have them. So I have the Five Guys burger, but then I'll get the fries from Shake Shack with the cheese because they're good. Yeah. Yeah. You they know are what good. I mean? Yeah. They are, ooh, where they have the shoestring fries and they got the patty melts and you stick them inside of it and smash it down. Now that is when you eat. When you've had an extravaganza of a day. Oh my God. You know what? I need to go back to America and give this a try now. Cause I'm like, oh my God. Can you imagine? Like, you just come over, you and I, and be like, where are we going to go? I don't know, but we're going to Uber this shit through a fast food drive through. Because we're going to go, we're going to go get 
Also, motherfucking verded. <laughs> Can I just say, if I come, wait, you're in America now. No, you're in Italy. But when you go yeah. back to America, when I go back to America, you and I, this is my plan for like 2021, are going on a fast food extravaganza. And w- no, that I, this is what I want to fucking do. I want to get ketchup from one place. I want to get the fries from one place. I want to get the, the bun from a place. I want to get the meat from another place. And I want to mix it all together. And then we can like cook some fancy, fancy, schmancy shit as well. But there's yeah. something about fast food. It's just, I need it in my life. I can't just have good food. I need a good balance of good and bad food. I have to say though, I miss, oh, I miss like Indian food, like from the UK. Like I miss it in London. I mean, we had our place that we used to go to and we, they made the best onion bhaji. I mean, I've been to India and like, I still was like, this is not budgie. Like these guys know how to make budgie. So yeah. I was and the, the mango. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm coming to visit you too. I want to go to Chutney Mary's. I didn't even know what that is, but yeah, we're oh going. Gosh. It's like the posh Indian restaurant. It's so really yummy. Yes. And they've got like a tree in the middle of the whole restaurant and then orchids everywhere. And it's absolutely stunning. I hope it's still there after COVID because like, it was amazing. I oh died. I was. I used to look forward to going to it all the time. I was like, oh, we're going to Chutney Mary's. <laughs> Chutney Mary's. Where is it in London? Is it in central London? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember because it's um, it's not by King's Cross. I'm trying to figure. Trying oh, to if remember. it's by King's Cross, I can I can deliver that shit to my house. Oh, deliver. Oh, is the botanist still there? The what? botanist oh my gosh i'm gonna need to like ask you for all these recommendations this is my city and i don't know anything anything but things change a lot around here as well they open yeah, stuff they, they just are yeah. really really delicious i tried indian food in la it was not that delicious um no <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you made me snort <laughs> Yes, Dad. Um, before we wrap this up, Rachel, obsessed with you. Could we talk relationships? I always talk relationships yeah. on the podcast. You're Let's not with your boyfriend oh. anymore. No, because of COVID. Yeah, it took us a couple. Like he wasn't very supportive of me doing the show in the first place because he was just like, "Have you met your personality?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah." And then I went and um, I did it anyways. And I was, you know, in retrospect now, I'm like, if everything wasn't transpiring behind the scenes, it would have been a lot of fun, I think. I think it would have been amazing. It would have been a lot less stressful. It would have been more of like an endeavor. But um, I had to go back to the U.S. after filming. We cut short. Everybody knows that. But it won't affect anything with the season itself or in season eight and airing because we've got so much footage. Footage, yeah. Yeah. So like nothing's going to fizzle out. Everything's just going to stay strong as it is. Good, good, um, good. yeah. So nobody has to, none of the viewers are going to be like, ah, they're gone, you know, whatever, click. Yeah. Um, but I went back to the U S and I was there for three months. And then from three months, I said, I can't take this anymore. I need to get home to him. He was by himself. Yeah. And I was worried. And I said, I'm going to take a job on a boat that was looking for a crossing chef. Mm-hmm. So I sailed across the Atlantic for 22 days to get back to him. Yeah. That restores my faith in love. Which yeah. I had lost, by the way. And that's, then that's so fucking cute. And then I don't want to wrap that up. Okay. Yeah, so, it always fucking backfires. That's the problem. Is, that's when you do nice things. This is the thing. I've met people and I'm a fucking bitch. Like I'm not I, <gasps> no, 
seriously though at least you own it you're like i know it and i i own that oh no i know it i own it it's all good i'm very open about it too so i'm just like i'm not very nice so you know if you like me you have to really like me if you want to date me because i'm not that nice (laughs) and i'm a fucking bitch to these guys and it's like the more you push them away and the more they're like (laughs) like fucking animals right which we are anyway but then i'm like so sweet and caring and nurturing which where the fuck is that coming from i don't know it's like the guy cannot wait to get away from you oh yeah the second that you're super nice and you show your loyalty then they're like i've already got her in the bag exactly the more the see you next tuesday you are the more they stay you can say cunt oh because i'm in the uk that's right yes okay so the more that you are a righteous cunt and own it yes the whole key is to hone in on that special skill of see you next tuesday yes and know when to deliver to pull back deliver pull back and then smack the shit out of them you know what i mean yeah. and then keep them there and then that's when you smack the shit out of them that's when you get the ring on the hand and you're like gotcha bitch a hundred percent you know what let's use a cooking analogy for this you know when you're baking and you like do like art with the piping piping, piping. it's like piping your cuntiness <laughs> dose it perfectly and let yes. it out just very very consistently so it's a nice consistent layer of cunt <laughs> and you will get a ring on your finger. That is what I've come to realize. The displacement, the art. Oh, we've got ourselves a book. It's a cookbook too. It's what the, is art it? of, the art of displacement of cuntiness. Brought to you by <laughs> <teach> yourself. <laughs> and get that ring on your finger. But um, <laughs> let me tell you. So you sailed for this motherfucker and mm-hmm. you yeah. he dumped you because you sailed? Like what happened? Well... I got offered the job on the boat as the charter chef for the season because the other chef couldn't make it in because of COVID. Yeah. And they were like, well, we are picking up charter in three days, less than three days. And I was like, okay, well, what's your point? And they were like, we kind of need you. And I was like, oh, look at that. My price was not up. <laughs> oh, completely. Look at that. Uh, Bambi eyes, Bambi <laughs> eyes. Bring them in. Bring them in. It's like the Puss in Boots, you know, off of Shrek. <laughs> it's like, look, I'm a warm and cozy. In fact, they just fine and see. I cost this much money now. <laughs> gotcha, bitch. Um, so I already It's like, yeah, I'll work for you. How much? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it was such an evil laugh. I love it. Um, so that pretty much happened. And I said to him, I said, hey, I'm going to do this season. We spent a week together. We spent a lot of time. It was great. It was awkward. It was weird. Something was off. I couldn't put my hand on it. I just was kind of like, this is really weird. I don't know what's going on. Um, very aloof, very distant. I thought, well, maybe it was just, you know, the time apart from each other, everything that had transpired. It was just something wasn't right. And then I said, okay, well, it's time for me to go to work now. So, because I, I already did the charter, the captain gave me uh, a week off. I came back. And then we went into full-blown charter season and he went out with clients and he messaged me on my third day in a row, 21 hour days, because I was running a soul chef on this boat, which was the dumbest thing ever, because it was just under 60 meters. So it's like, we were just, oh, it was, they're they're like the worst boats ever. I feel so bad for anybody that does it permanently. Right. Um, So he texted me and was like, 
I'm just really not happy with the situation. I was like, a text. Oh, and I, well, then I lost my shit because I was getting ready to go to bed. And I'm like, you have the balls to do this right now. By like, start this conversation at like 1.41 in the morning on my third day in a row of 21 hours. I was like, are you high? I'm like, you know, so anyways, so he did that. And I said, you know what? I was like, if you're going to disrespect me this much to this capacity, knowing what I do and knowing how much like I pour into like my heart and soul into like doing, even though it's like an emergency relief position for a season, Mm -hmm. I'm still going to treat it as this is my character. This is like my reputation as a chef. Everything needs to be poured into it. I, yes. I am horrible. I'm not on the phone. I don't do social media when I'm working. I'm like yes. literally invested in my job. Yeah. So he was just like, you know, this is not working for me. And I was like, okay, well, this is not working for you. It's not working for me. And um, I believe in being financially sound on my own and being secure in my own position and my own career and not relying on others. Yes. And so I was like, well, we'll discuss this in the morning. And in the morning when I was doing breakfast prep, I just said, you know what? Let's just rip the bandaid off and be done with it. Because I'm like, that right there is absolutely so rude. Like knowing what I do, yeah. I was like, you know, there's something wrong. There's something up. So hundred percent. You know, I almost think the more meaningful the relationship, the more savage the breakup. Like there's something about when you have a really meaningful relationship, the breakup is always cowardly. It's always just weird. And when the relationship's not that meaningful, you have the nice guy who takes you out on a drink and breaks up with you the gentleman way. Yeah. Why can't it be the opposite? Well, it just, it was, I was like, okay, well, I mean, couldn't you have waited one more day when I dropped charter? I'm like, come on, you know my schedule. I was like, whatever. But I just have a feeling because he went to dinner with clients, quote unquote. I think there was something there. Like it just, and then the way that we separated and like moved and I moved to Italy, I think that there was somebody else involved in the picture, to be honest with you. Do you, are you okay about like, are you on dating apps? Like what's your vibe now that you're like single? I've actually, this whole time with like COVID and lockdown has been kind of a blessing in disguise. I don't take a lot of time out for myself. Um, yeah. And like think and then watch the show and deal with social. So I've been still dealing with clients in the nutritional aspect. Yeah. But I've spent a lot of time like kind of like working on me, getting back to like my normal daily routine. I've lost a lot of like weight as in like bloating, yeah. inflammation, just getting back to like, you know, alkalinity, low acidity diet, yes. um, working out as much as possible, just being the healthiest Rachel that I can be. That's so it's lovely. been great. And then picking up on learning new recipes and then um, just getting kind of thrown into social. I've never really done a lot of social media just because I've never had time. Yes. So just kind of nurturing like the fan base and viewers for the show as well. So it's just been a lot of fun because there's a lot of positive. Not, I think that the squeaky wheel is the negative ones because they're loud. It's negative. But yeah. there's not that many. No. The positive ones are the ones that are getting thrown by the wayside. So my yeah. goal as being a cast member on Below Deck yes. is to the, the the viewers that reach out to me that have questions about food. Um, they want to see Italy. They're in lockdown as well. I gave them a market tour on Instagram. I put yeah. that on my Instagram. Um, I posted a menu. I'm slowly doing everything for the menu as a yes. video tutorial and recipes. Yes. So by the time Valentine's Day comes around, they can prepare meals for each other or they can just have their own meal and have like I've prepared Chef Rachel's below deck menu 
and she's given me a full tutorial as a thank you for being a viewer and your consistency and your wonderful input and your support. So. That is so smart and amazing and generous of you. I'm going to be all over that shit, by the way. Rachel, can you tell everyone where they can find you, your recipes, your tips? So all you've got to do is go to Twitter. I live tweet every single show um, on Monday nights for the US. And I'm also available on Tuesdays when it hits us over here in the EU and UK and Oz as well. And you can find me on Twitter. And my handle is at Hargrove. Rachel, mm-hmm. that's easy. Hashtag below deck in on it too if you make some really good recipes. Um, and also if you follow my recipes. So I've got the nacho, normal nachos out there. And then I've also got my French toast recipe. I want to see photos for that. I want you to tag me in on that and below deck to show everybody how you're doing. And then I've also got the shakes for tonight for the US um, and for you guys for tomorrow. That is the video tutorial and the recipes to make spring rolls, whether they're vegetarian, meat-based, chicken-based, tofu, doesn't matter. And then you can find me on Instagram. That is at Chef Rachel Hargrove. And then you can find me Rachel Hargrove on Facebook. Thank you so much for being on Thank the show. You. I'm so glad you came on. The only I'm, person I wanted to interview from Below Deck <laughs> this season. <laughs> I'm so glad you had me. I appreciate the invite too. And I had a lot of fun talking to you because it was so like organic. It wasn't like forced. So I appreciate it. I enjoyed it so much, Rachel. Thank you so, so much. Yeah.